Hi, and welcome to a special episode of the Lunacy Podcast uh, with Dave Sterling. I'm Dave Stevens. Uh, Tony is actually unavailable for this somewhat imp- impromptu episode. He's up with his family, and he's right in the middle of a busy week as his uh, wife is working all week, working nights nonetheless. So, And I mentioned this is a special episode, and that's because with the big news of Christian Ramirez's trade dropping just a day after we recorded uh, episode 11, that was up at Alloy Brewing, we knew we had to supplement uh, our usual bi-weekly recording with a special episode, and that's what we're going to be doing for you today. And we're going to call it episode 11.2, just because... We're right in the middle of our 11th and 12th episode, and we're coming to you from my living room today, and we decided to skip out on the brewery today as this was relatively last minute, but in keeping with tradition, we are, we are sticking with the craft beers, and in this case, a local one from Indeed Brewery called the Built B-Side Pills. Dave, what do you think? I, I think it's really good. You know, it's not quite what you think of as a pilsner it's got a little bit more beef to it in the hop content it's a it's a nice nice taste of beer yeah yeah i totally agree and this is i've i've been to indeed a couple times up in uh, northeast but it's actually the first time i've tried it out of a can and it certainly isn't disappointing this time as well so I should mention and remind you that we are still part of the beautiful game network. That would be bgn.fm. And if you haven't already, we mentioned it in episode 11, you should check them out. It's a, it's a great, great uh, website. It's basically just a community of um, soccer podcasts. And there's a lot of them from the USL and lower leagues. So, And in addition to that, you can find us there. And that's a great source for, for if you want a quick way to get to our podcast either the current ones or maybe go back and look at the look at the older ones we've done it's a it's a good place to start so with links to our uh, content and that's uh bgn.fm so so yeah like i said we're, we're doing this because of the christian ramirez trade and as shocking as that was and also coincidentally we're recording this just after the transfer the second transfer window closed and that's why we're doing this now so um Dave, uh, do you want to start us off? And oh, I should say, uh, you know, we—they didn't make any big splashes, but I think we're going to start with their their last move before the window closed. Yeah. Um, so Mason Toy is going out to Colorado Springs uh, on loan. The Switchbacks um, apparently need his services at forward, and he'll be hopefully getting some good minutes there. Um, you know, with with the Ramirez trade, we are down to essentially uh, Rodriguez and Dinlotti. Uh So I think it makes sense to get Toy out there. I, I don't think he's going to see much pitch time at all uh, the rest of the season. So it makes sense to get him out on loan. And uh, so hopefully we can maybe follow switchbacks a bit the rest of the way through the season and see how things go. It is a... 24-hour recall, so if for some reason there would be an injury, uh, Minnesota can can go to switch go to switchbacks and say, hey, we need him back, um, and then they can just send it back out again. Yeah, so now, that'll be nice. And now the switchbacks, they aren't the loons affiliated USL. No, team. they're okay. just a USL team. Because yeah. if the way I understand it, if, if 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 say it was if we had an affiliate, the the loan it would be even more seamless to get him back and forth. 
say right. like games yep. or yeah so they have to actually negotiate those okay. terms in so it's a little so i mean it, you know the usl teams and they they have this agreement with um with uh, uh is it the river hounds i think no it's the uh, rowdies um out of okc for Almsburg. and so now he's been back i don't know i think he's he's been back for two or three weeks now uh but yeah, he'll be sent out whenever Adrian decides that we don't really need him okay. on the bench. And so, yeah, they have to negotiate all these contracts that way. Um, and I, I can imagine from the USL perspective, they're probably not terribly excited for those terms. Yeah. But I think they're probably used to it at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So at, at least, you know. At least Toy will have a chance to get some minutes. Yeah. You assume he'll jump right yeah. in and start fairly soon. Right. And now, of course, Manley's at Las Vegas, and he did not play the last game. So, hmm. I mean, hopefully hopefully, it will not be the same for Toy. So, yeah, with yeah, so with that news, when, with the closing of the transfer window, you, uh, the Loons are definitely kind of going all in with their with their forward combination of uh, um, Ibarra and, and Rodriguez. Yeah, you know, I think uh, it's uh, it's interesting because uh, Denlotti's obviously been hurt almost all season, and uh, he's finally healthy. And they basically said, "Yeah, this is this is who we're going to go with." And as we get into the Christian Ramirez situation, that makes a lot of people a little little tense um it doesn't really seem like they've thought through necessarily um an unproven striker in rodriguez injured and denlotti you know what's what's going to happen there you know what situation are we going to be in in three weeks so I, i i can see there's certainly a concern there yeah i i think and you're i think when you use the word tense and some concern i i think you're actually, you know, that's uh, that might you're underselling the reactions at least in this state quite a bit, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But the emotions were all over the place. For, I mean, anger, just complete disbelief, shocked. I mean, I could go on and on with the words that you, if you're looking at Twitter or any of the other right. you know, websites, it, it was very surprising. Yeah, you know, so let's get into it. Yeah. I was, I I saw um, Megan Ryan from the Strib had a tweet um, asking people where they were when it happened. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. And I and I was I responded to her and I was like, "Well, I was I was sitting on the couch and I had my laptop and I was going through Facebook and and I passed the thank you video and it, I saw it and I just kept scrolling. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe 20 seconds passed and it clicked because all of a sudden I was like, wait, Saturday, right before the game, John sits down next to me in my in our seats and I say, hey, Christian's not playing or he's not starting. Uh, you know, if he doesn't get a sub, if he doesn't get subbed in in this game, he's gone. Yep. And it, John was just kind of like, oh, that could be. And it, right then I remembered that and I was like, oh, shit. And so instead of going back to Facebook... I just logged into Twitter. Okay. And, 
there it is all over the place. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, they actually did it. You yeah. Know? And where was I? I, you, I got the news from you, actually, in your, your oh, text okay. message. So thanks for keeping me up to the moment, up to date. But, uh, yeah, going back to where, you know, the game on Saturday evening, uh, when we took our seats with Tony and, Tony and Nels, um, we noticed the starting lineup, you know, included, oh, it's the first time we're going to see Rodriguez. Oh, exciting. And we know, oh, Christian Ramirez is out. Now, I didn't, I didn't immediately think um, in that moment that Christian Ramirez was gone. I, not, okay. We had talked about that, obviously, as a possibility yep. in previous episodes. But sitting at the game, it didn't, the alarm bells didn't go off quite then and there. So, You know, and it, for me, obviously, I've, I brought it up probably two episodes ago mm-hmm. and then again uh, in episode 10 and you know I've been it's been on my mind for a while that you know I didn't feel like he was necessarily the direction that Adrian he seemed to want to go so for me it was yeah as soon as I saw okay Angela starting obviously he's a DP there's no way you know the front office is going to say oh yeah he can come in so um you know, Quintero started his first game. So I th- that just made sense. So I was like, okay, well, Christian would for sure come off the bench. Yeah. But, you know, as things started kind of moving and progressing over the last couple of weeks, I was like, you know what, I think this is going to happen. And so, yeah, as soon as I saw that starting lineup, yeah. I was like, well, you know, he's, he's listed as a sub, so, you know, maybe they're just trying to – make it look less obvious. Yeah. I mean, based on the complexity of the of the deal, which we'll get into eventually, yeah. um, this was probably in talks, I bet, for at least a week. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And, and one thing we, we I want to touch on real quick, and maybe we can get to it later in more in depth, but, I mean, I... I, I they were saying, and they said publicly, that they this they were not... Ramirez wasn't gone the, the day that they signed Rodriguez. Right. But I, I don't know if I can agree with that. I, and, and he made comments, you know, to me, you know, he, you know, uh, Heath made the comments, you know, specifically, and I'll paraphrase him, but, you know, he, he said that if they tried to hang on to him through this season, the deal wouldn't have been as good. Right. Those words kind of make me think, well, the deal wasn't going to be as good. You know they were going to get rid of him, whether it wasn't in the next two or three months, but he was gone. I, and I think that had to have started the day that they went out and got their second DP in Rodriguez. Yeah, I, I think I agree. You know, it's one of those things where there were. I think there were hints along the way. You know, they. I remember after they they brought in or announced the signing of Rodriguez. Uh, I think it was Adrian. No, it was actually, I believe, Manny on the season ticket holder call that said that Angelo brought a different element that they felt was was necessary for the for the team. And then there was another point where Heath said something about Rodriguez was this this muscular target man that they just don't have on the squad. And it to me, you know, when you're when you're hearing these comments, a lot of people probably don't think a lot of it, but to me I'm like, okay, that's saying that obviously the ones we have now don't 
necessarily fit what they want. So if you're going to bring in a DP that fits what you want, somebody's going out. Right. So at this point, it's like, well, you're not going to get rid of Den Lottie because he's, what, 22? You're not going to get rid of Toy because he's a rookie. He's 19. So the logical person is the guy in his mid-20s. Even though he's the face of the team, he's been with us since uh, 2014, correct? Um, and so it's it's one of these things where even though he's a proven goal scorer, they were set on the fact that he didn't fit what they were trying to do. And it, they were talking about this way back at the beginning of July. Yep. So, you know, for me, I think the writing was on the wall. And it, you could see these things when you when you follow international soccer and it, you're – you're following a specific team and you see transfers come in and out, you can kind of pick up on these little nuances that, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. You know, especially the roster thing. And maybe that's why the squad selection on Saturday clicked with me so much was because I was like, it's pretty common when you watch the EPL. There's rumors about this player that's not going to, that he's not going to stick around. And then all of a sudden, the game before the transfer window closes, he's not starting. Yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, he's probably he's probably gone. And yeah. then all of a sudden, he's gone. Yeah, looking back, it's easy to see yeah. it coming. Um, yeah, and plus, he, uh, Christian Ramirez, you know, had a max salary budget figure. He was maxed yeah. out. And they, had actually, like, they actually had to use, you know, targeted, um, you know, money to, keep, to bring his salary down to the maximum salary yeah. hit, salary cap hit, so... But it was wow! It, it was a it was it. Regardless of that, we we knew this was coming. We didn't know this was coming, and pro- there was rumors out there for a long time. So a lot of people probably knew that it was coming. But it's wow! It's 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 extremely disappointing. And you and you yeah. can understand the 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 outrage. I'd call it. I mean, it's I, I think oh, it was, yeah. that's how I would describe the Twitter reaction was with yeah. pure outrage. And and I get it. I totally get it. And you know what a tough you know seven days uh some of you may not care but you know on the 31st uh july 31st brian dozier another right. longtime minnesota you know he had been with the club on the major league club since 2012 so it's tough to see that go now when we talk about these trades or sales in in however you want to call them uh the dozier deal was a little bit different and because he was only under contract for two more months Sure. And it would it would have been hard to re-sign him, and they're one of their top prospects is a second baseman. So that that was a little easier to swallow than this, where this is a guy under contract. I think he had an option through 2021. Yeah, I think that's so he, correct. So he was under team control for, you know, the next four years. Um, so right. that it's a little tougher. Plus, he's the face of the franchise, going back to the NSA, NASL days and just – his, he was a tremendous player. He wasn't yeah. just a... Yeah, you know, I, I think um, another big thing with Christian is that for him, he was, he was very involved in the community as well. He had made it very clear that he really loved Minnesota. And it, he struggled with the idea back in 2016 when he had gotten calls from Liga MX teams to to head there instead of potentially waiting out a an offer for MLS and um, you know he struggled with those 
because he liked Minnesota so much, but at the same time, you know, it was an opportunity to go somewhere else. And, he, you know, so it was it was a big deal. You know, he's one of the last guys to leave the pitch. You know, he's always out there thanking the supporters. And so I, I think you could see the, the – though I think a lot of the responses were uh, borderline irrational. Um, yeah. You can still see why – those responses were, oh, you know, and for me, I, I wasn't, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm okay with the business side of sports. I get it. Players leave, you know, I, not to bring up the Packers, Tony hates it. So he's not here. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yes, you can get away with it. Um, you know, when, when Brett Favre left Green Bay, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but then when he went to Minnesota, it was, it was a big deal. Um, you know, but it's still Einer was. I was like, well, it's it's business. He's he wants to keep playing. Minnesota's willing to offer that contract. So okay, fine, whatever. So he goes play for Minnesota. Um, you know, I I think the same way actually with uh, Ryan Longwell when he came to Minnesota. Uh, you know, he had a huge career in Green Bay. It's just like, well, that's that's business. Yeah. Um, you know, so for me, it it didn't really. It didn't really phase me too much. I actually got more upset over the the announcement because, and I I pointed this out to you guys on the on our text thread, and later twi- uh, tweeted it that they put out this this video thanking him. They put out this announcement, and at the very end of the announcement, oh, don't forget, we have a game coming up. You should buy tickets. Oh, don't forget, we have this new waiting list for Allianz Field called the Preserve. You should buy tickets. And I'm like, come on. That, I mean, is, you're, that is pretty tough, you know. Yeah, you know, it's again, we've said it a couple times. He's the face of the team. You know, you know that the supporters are going to be it, not in the right minds with this whole announcement. And you go and you promote the next game. I mean, just. Just leave it off. They're figure, you know, they're figuratively punching the fan base in the gut, and then yeah. asking them to buy tickets. Yeah. In the next paragraph, yeah, that that was kind of rough. I definitely. Yeah, and you know, I I, tw- I tweeted that it was classless, and uh, I then replied to the tweet and added, right? That's the that's the proper term, added, uh, MNUSC, and said that whoever created that should have been fired, because I mean, it's just, I don't. Know. It seems tone deaf. It seems a little, a little harsh that they would, they would use that opportunity to, to promote it. You know, and all of these things kind of start falling in line. You know, I look at that and I say, okay, so they didn't give him a curtain call on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe the deal wasn't done yet, but at the same time, I think they knew what they were facing. Yeah, you know if this if this deal would have been would have been leaked out, I think they knew. My God, we're gonna have an incredible backlash on Saturday night. And and, and, and as they certainly would have, I, I saw something on Twitter shortly after it happened, and and the I think it was the maybe it wasn't the I don't think it was the dark clouds, but somebody suggested maybe the supporter section had. I think it started with, you know. So, uh, 
I think, but it, it, their reaction escalated into, oh, let's have 21 minutes of silence from the oh, supporters yeah. crowd. I saw that. It was like, on Twitter, yeah. Uh, I was like, wow. I, I was like, how about 21 seconds? So, I mean, right. you'd get your point across either way, and at least you could be supporting your team. Yeah, you but, know, I think. <laughs> but that just tells you the level of outrage that yeah. the initial outrage was. You know? Yeah, you know, and there's, I saw at least one person on Twitter that said they they're already buying a jersey. And that next year they were going to show up to LA's away game here in Christian's LA jersey. And, um, you know, there's some other people that suggested uh, doing a, trying to do a TIFO of some kind that paid homage to Christian in an LA jersey. And it's like, you know, there, <laughs> yeah, the, the level of, level of outrage is pretty incredible. I know um, a writer from one of the local publications, he was, I I defined him on Twitter as unhinged because he was just attacking Adrian Heath over this. Um, and I, I won't try to paraphrase anything he said because it was just outrageous. But yeah, I mean, I, mean, I couldn't believe the level of of hatred <laughs> it's it's tough because i don't think people necessarily know where to point it either i mean because who's who's driving the bus is it he's saying i need this player and that type of player and this style i need this you need to help me you need to go out and get it ramirez is not going to work here or is it manny is from up top saying no this is what we want to build this is my team right. as a you know general manager this is what we're trying to do so or do they have a little you know Nice, pleasant little conversation. Are they both in agreement? You know, it's hard to say. We don't know. Right. And, you know, I think... I I, I would imagine it's... It's a, some level of both agreeing, right? And it, somebody was... Somebody else was just going after Heath. And I said, well, come on. Yeah. You know, sure, Heath can pick his players. Two point, right? Yeah. But Manny is ultimately probably the guy that's going to say yes or no. So obviously this isn't all he's problem. Right. Because somebody pulled the strings to have this deal done. And it, you know, maybe he didn't like Christian. Maybe he didn't feel like he hit fit the system. But Manny could have still said, or, you know, even Dr. McGuire, I mean, you can go that high if you want it, could have still said, Look who this player is. You're gonna play him, you're gonna do whatever. We're not going to get rid of him. But everybody had to have been in agreement yeah. to put this trans transaction through. Yeah, interesting that you bring up uh, Dr. McGuire and and say, you know, everybody had to be in agreement. Because I, I wonder about that. I know um, John Andrisky probably wasn't the only person who who kind of was – he was very critical of Dr. McGuire, I believe, yeah. and the ownership. But I kind of look at this particular case regarding Christian Ramirez, and I, I can almost leave him out of it, although I don't know if I can, but I'm assuming I can, because um, he might just be one of those owners that says, okay, Manny, okay, Heath, you're in charge. I'm not going to run the football operation. You know, right. you're, you guys take care of it. I'm going to keep my hands out. I own the team. Just like specifically, um, I hate to bring up Atlanta United for the second time in two podcasts, but... <laughs> During the MLS All-Star Game, I thought it was fascinating. They, they, inter they interviewed Arthur Blank, and he said exactly that. He said, hey, I'm, I hired some good people. I hired a top-of-the-line coach. We've got a good leadership group in the front office. I'm, I don't touch it. 
I let them do the work. They do good work, and I leave it at that. So it could have been that, you know, Dr. McGuire, you know, I'm sure he did not want to see Christian Mirrors go, like all of us. But he might have just said, you're going to, okay, you've got a vision for this team. You know, that's it. Yeah, you know, and that that vision conversation has come up quite a bit Mm. Uh, where, you know, it's like a soft launch. It's, you know, three years where they ride a plane to get ready for Allianz where, you know, what's what's going on. And somebody actually brought up an interesting question I saw on Twitter was, well, whose plan is it? Like, who came up with this this three-year plan? Because Adrian Heath brought it up. Um, recently in an interview and then uh, at the season ticket call uh, Manny brought it up Chris Wright brought it up Uh, you know I well Chris Wright actually essentially confirmed that it was a soft launch into Allianz and so I went back um, onto Google because you know Google's our friend and I I did a Google search for Adrian Heath's hiring announcement and I dug around these various articles to try to figure out okay so did Adrian Heath make some comment that okay I've got this vision that's going to be this or did somebody else make this comment that Adrian Heath will um, you know make this vision come true and it was interesting because you can't really find anything but um, I did find that Adrian said in his his first interview that he talked to Dr. McGuire and um, heard what McGuire's vision was for the team and said that he could do it. Hmm. And then in that same article, um, which I believe was on 55-1, uh, said, he said, well, I trust that Amos McGee and Manny Lagos can find me the players and to make us competitive. So all of a sudden I was reading those comments and I was like, well, how much of this team is actually Adrian's? You know, because if he said right out from the very beginning, McGee and Lagos are going to find me players to make us competitive. And I've got, I've spoken to Dr. McGuire and he's given me his vision. So does that mean that a lot of the stuff that's happening in the background today is really all the front office? Because, you know, I mean, there were, there were instances um, earlier this year where, Adrian basically said that he was he needs players. He needs these players and the only way that we're going to be successful is getting these players. Yet we're not getting these players. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, maybe Adrian's not entirely at fault here. But again, we know that um, you know, I I did a little search on stats and uh, found that uh, Christian Ramirez has started 88% of the games or has played in 88% of the games that he was available to play in, which is pretty good. But if you're the face of the team, 88% seems maybe like might be a little low. Um, He's also been, he's also been a starter in the vast majority of those games, but I wouldn't say that it was a significant number. So all of a sudden I was like, well, okay, so maybe Adrian doesn't, really like Christian's playing style. So it, it's really interesting to try to put blame on one person or another. I don't I don't think we can. You know, I think the the chorus of Heath out on Twitter has grown 
However, the chorus of Manny Out is exploded. Um, I think they're about even now. Uh, you know, originally it was mostly, from what I was seeing, it was mostly they want Adrian gone. And now it's they want Adrian and Manny gone. Yeah, and, th- and this is just adding fuel to the fire. You yeah. know, doing something like this, you wouldn't expect it to, to do anything else. But, you know, they have a plan. And, and that's why this is this deal is a little tough, and it makes it... You know, yes. I mean, I think if you're if you're looking at a scale, the biggest part of this is is the the fact that they traded the the hometown, the, the base of the organization. He's been with us since the NASL. But the other part of it is, you know, we don't know how this trade is going to work out. Right. In the sense that you because it almost feels like we were just giving away a player but you know what we're getting back the maneuvering they're going to and, and it's not just what we're getting back and as as far as the allocation money but i like we we talked about earlier i think that when they signed angelo rodriguez i that was the point right. that this trade was going to happen so we and we we've seen one game from angelo, angelo rodriguez so we don't know yet is this going to work and right. that's why it's frustrating yeah you know and i think I, I highly doubt that our front office had a heck of a lot to do with with uh, the terms of this agreement. Uh, from what I can gather, uh, because Diamond of L.A. was injured, L.A. came to us. So the, I mean, based on the comments I've seen, it seems like L.A. came to us saying, hey, is Christian available? And then I would imagine... We said, okay, well, we're going to need a pretty decent amount of money, and this is the package they came up with. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you bring that up, and, and it was it was the what forward from LA FC? I'm sorry, um, Diamond. Diamond. Now it's interest. That's interesting. So and and back it up a little further. I mean, I wonder. So if he did not get hurt recent, this was recent, right? Yeah, it was. I think. I think it was last week. Yeah. So rec- if that didn't happen, where would we be right now? As at the close of the transfer window, would he still be here or not? I, I, I was thinking he wouldn't be, but I mean, I guess he. If maybe that injury put everything in motion, and yeah, I, I think it did. I still think though. I th- still think though. He Ramirez was going to be shipped off at some point. If not, oh yeah, this I don't one, think he would have made it to 2019 for sure. That yes, yeah. and that's that's my feeling as well. Yeah, it, uh, you know, and I think with that, I really think that the. The front office lucked out because now, with the fact that we didn't get a player, we just got this allocation money, and this allocation money uh, expires, you know, in segments along the way. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it uh, three or four transfer windows down the road? So exactly. essentially, about a year and a half. Yep. They have. And so, guess what? They have. They literally have a year and a half to tell the supporters and the fans to. Quiet, stay quiet. They bought themselves some more time. You have no idea what's going to happen with yeah. this transaction. I guess if you're going to be an optimist, you can say, "Well, you know, we've we've got Angelo Rodriguez, and we've got all this money that we can use for the next year right. and a half." So, and it, you know, as far as, as far as the actual agreement goes, we should we should yeah, mention the exact numbers. Yeah, it was. Um, so it's. Two hundred and fifty thousand general allocation in twenty eighteen. Uh, this is based off of what I read online. It that expires May twenty twenty. Then there's two hundred fifty thousand more 
in 2019, which will expire in May 2021. Okay. And then the targeted allocation money, there's 100000 this year. That expires August 2020. And then there's 200000 in 2019, which expires in August 2021. Okay, so so that makes sense. Oh, and then I'm sorry. There's there's one more. And then the the uh, performance based two hundred thousand. And specifically, that's based on number of goals. They didn't have a they didn't publish a number, but it's based on a certain goal number. Um, and maybe it's uh, I think it's minutes played too. Minutes played and goals yep. scored. So it might be it might be an all or nothing thing, or it it could be tiered. Yeah, I, they didn't mention that either. Yeah, there's no deal. details but on that at all. I think as we're all Christian Ramirez fans, I think we can assume he's going to get those targets. Well, you know, I yeah, I think Christian definitely won on this. You know, he gets to go home. Uh, you know, all his family's in Southern California. He's from Southern California, and. Uh, He's going to get to play with a team that has a midfield. <laughs> right. And, it, you know, I think you can argue that had we had a solid number six and it didn't have a weird defensive midfield by committee, that, you know, I think Christian would have scored, you know, 18, 19, 20 goals last year as opposed to the 14. Yeah, okay. So then in a perfect scenario, let's let's just, this is a, you know, for if you're trying to play Mr. Brightside and wipe away the tears that a lot of people have. Right, then, that, then probably, perfect, that probably didn't help because no. I just said he should have scored more had we done things right. Right, yeah. Per, a perfect world then then is Angelo Rodriguez steps up and, and is the forward that the United want him to be. Um, he showed flashes in the game. You know, on, yeah. on on Saturday night against Seattle, um, a near miss with a header. He had another header after that. But let, stick to the point. The perfect scenario would be Rodriguez develops into the player, or is that he's you know he's a, he's been playing for a while, but is the player that they want him to be, and they can use this money that you just went into detail there doesn't expire for a year and a half to two years, two and a half years, depending on what money pool you're talking about. Yeah. But they can use that money maybe in the next transfer window to uh, acquire a number six, a defensive midfielder. And if they can do that successfully, maybe that's their third DP. And Could if be. he can become, a, if that person, yet to be to be determined, TBA, uh, if that person can be a core of the team as well, then, then you'd call it a, suc- a success, the trade. I, I think so. But uh, we don't know yet. That's right. the frustration. And that's what's terrible for the fans. Uh, but you know, fantastic for the front office because they know that we can't grade them. Right. And it, it's, it's, I, I think it's pretty incredible because everybody wants their heads and here the, here they are saying, Oh, sorry, we just made a deal that allows us to, you know, kind of potentially sit on our asses for two years yeah. and not do anything. And, we can't really say a whole lot about this. See, see, I mean, you, you, you got to. I mean, those Manny and he, they know what they're doing. They're smooth. They're buying themselves more time, yeah. and and they're, the timing on this deal couldn't have been more perfect. I mean, they're they're now they're gone for five weeks on the road. Oh yeah, it, that's perfect right there. Yeah, you know, I think one of the best tweets that I saw today was uh, that they misplanned because the five weeks 
allows for the pitchforks to be sharpened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't agree, but no. that's pretty funny. I that mean, that's, that is that is that's, pretty that's funny. Good. I, I don't think I've heard anything like pitchforks to be sharpened. I think I think the uh, the the team is hoping that they'll be dropped. Uh, right. Exactly. And people will forget about it in five weeks. But uh, yeah, you that's know, good. I, that's a good. I one. mean, even I brought up this suggestion to somebody in the supporter section that you know maybe they should make you know a few thousand black and gold twenty ones on placards, and everybody can just hold them up. And yep. there's at least one person that liked that idea. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's... I would probably prefer just a 21. I added the black and gold just to feed their, okay. know, their frenzy. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. As important as Ramirez was to this team, I, I think the supporters should do something to acknowledge it. Um, you know, I like... I like the maybe the 21 seconds of quiet in the 21st minute, right. something like that, not the 21 minutes. Or even and, maybe a minute in the 21st yeah. minute. And I don't know how you feel, um, but as far as booing anyone, um, uh, to be honest, on, on the opposite team or the United, I, I'm not a fan of booing anybody. So I kind of hope we don't see a cascade of boos come out on Heath. I, That's just I my will, personal opinion. I don't like booing. I'm against booing unless it's Michael Bradley or, or Clint Dempsey. Okay. So you, but you will boo either of those two players. Those two, yes. Okay. Maybe, I have actually. Um, two. So it was. I would never boo a coach, though. Yeah. So, for instance, that was something that came up. I saw on Twitter was that they want to boo the organization at the start of the game. I saw that, and, and I was like, Nah, I don't, I don't agree with that because, again, we don't know how this is going to work out. Yes. Our emotions may be getting the best of us right now. But, you know, I think in the end, cooler heads are going to prevail. And this will probably work out. I don't have a ton of faith in Manny Lagos to find the right players. But at the same time, he's slowly learning because Quintero's a great find. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and from... We saw 60 minutes of Rodriguez, and he had some really good promise. Yeah. I mean, it was his first game, so. Short sample size. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. But And that's another thing I saw on Twitter is just the fact that they, you know, oh, we, we got him, we traded away Christian Ramirez for a bunch of Garber bucks, and yeah. they used that term for the allocation money. And maybe that's people not quite understanding what it is what it is it's not just money that's going into the ownership's pocket right it doesn't work that way but maybe that's a little frustration there but also they mention oh we get a bunch of money that they haven't really have they don't have a good history of using well and i don't know if you saw something like that yeah, but i saw that my problem with that is the the united in the mls do not have a long history they have a year and a half right you know, two years maybe if you want to lead up to the first transfer window before 2017 started. But they don't, you can say they have a poor history, but that's not fair because they don't have a long history. And right in the middle of that, like you said, they signed Darwin Quintero. Right. That's a great use of that allocation money. Yeah. You know, and now, of course, I can think of a few things from this year. Like, I, I'm still bitter of the bitter about the Sam Nicholson trade, especially with Miller being injured a few times this season already. And, you know, then ending up having to pay Colorado fifty grand for an international spot to make room for Angelo, you know the fact that they didn't foresee that maybe they would need that when they traded the international spot away to begin with with Sam Nicholson, 
You know, I think there are those, you know, there are those opportunities to see, well, maybe, maybe they're not entirely thinking things through. I don't think, I agree with you. I don't think it's necessarily a history of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there were articles that I saw about how, uh, Expansion teams tend to favor, inappropriately favor international players over domestic players. Guess what? That's what we did. You know, Demidov was the worst signing possibly in MLS history. Um, you know, Alf Baj, I don't know. I mean, he got injured. Bobby came in and took over. I don't know that we really got to see how good he was um, or how bad he was. But then we had... Johan Venegas, he didn't work out. You know, we had Rasmus Schuler, who didn't work out in year one. Loaned him out, and now he's come back, and he looks pretty good. So there's a situation where it's like a reasonable um, example of them maybe making it a correct decision. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, to my point, it's a, it's a, sh- a short history, but yeah. you're start you're kind of bringing me around 180. I'm starting to see see the see where that kind of anger was coming from because yeah okay every point that you brought up was a, a good one and okay that is not a good record necessarily in that short time frame but for me it's the old they totally redeemed themselves moment with right. Dar- DQ Darum. yeah and I, I was just going to say you know I gave what four examples of you know poor decisions but at the same time uh, Darwin is a home run so even though he's just one I think he kind of accounts for two. Yeah. Um, you know, Rasmus Schuler is a is an example of where he maybe just wasn't ready for MLS, and now he's back, and he's I think he's been one of the best players on the team. Yeah. So, so now you had four bad examples, and now you have two good examples. Um, one of which is phenomenal. Um, you know, I think you know the a one do a, a co-o, um He's the center back from Cameroon who has – wait, I think he did see minutes finally this year against Cincinnati maybe? No, hmm. against uh, Saprissa. Oh, okay. He finally got on the field. Um, you know, And you have Pangop who has seen a few minutes but hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, for whatever reason, Romario came in one game and hasn't been seen since. You know, the, I mean, It's hard to say what that's all yeah. about. But, you know, I think if you really look at their team building, they're probably 50-50. Yeah. I I agree. I don't think there's a history to suggest that they can't. There's a history that suggests they might not be fantastic at it. Right. And, okay, so just to put, I think you, because you brought up the the dollar amount of allocation money, it's a possibility of $1 million, but a minimum, I suppose, of $800,000. Right. But but let's like I said let's assume he's going to hit that a million mark just for you know his goal goal score. But to put that in perspective, it, it's a it is a large amount. It's yep. a large amount. It's not they're not getting pennies back for Ramirez. They're getting a large amount. So I just to put in perspective, I just want to bring up the point that um, the record for uh, for a transfer and allocation money would be Dom Dwyer to Orlando FC, and that was. That was kind of a similar a similar way of doing it, um, and that number was one point six million. That was the yeah. maximum. So, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, you know, and in fact, Dwyer was a kind of a similar situation where KC. I was shocked that they sent him 
because now they're looking for a forward. Mm-hmm. In fact, a month and a half ago, it was rumors that we were going to send Ramirez to SKC. And that would have been insane because, you know, they're obviously our biggest rival, um, which I can't imagine what – I mean, heads would have been just Ooh. rolling everywhere at that That would have got us a little bit fired up as you yeah. know, people who recognize that uh, – that, that, um, the matchup that we have with them. It's, yeah. it's a, definitely a rivalry. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's that Dwyer uh, trade that was, you know, the record and blockbuster by all definitions um, was very similar to ours in the fact that, you know, the, the team that did the trade was kind of – it kind of seems left field because now looking back on it in retrospect, it's – they shouldn't have done it because yeah. they are looking for that position. Let's hope. Let's hope we're not sitting in that position exactly. a year from now yeah. or two years from now. That that would be the worst case scenario. We talked about the best case scenario. That would be the worst case scenario, right? Where Angelo doesn't work out, and who knows what happened to Scantero. Now we're oh boy, I wish we had Christian yeah, Ramirez know. under contract through twenty twenty one. That would have been all right, but yeah. And so now on that subject, in terms of value, you know, I've seen it a few times especially today, where some people have argued Christian Ramirez was undervalued. And the argument that I saw actually last night, now that I think about it, um, was, well, Christian just went for 800000 maybe a million. But you've got players like Joseph Martinez and Giovinco and Dos Santos and uh, David Villa who went for millions. Right. It's like, how is Ramirez not at least closer to them? And the reality is, is that people don't understand the allocation money. Yeah. The fact is, and it, I had tweeted this to Jeff Reuter at the, at the Athletic to make sure I wasn't completely out of line. And he think, thankfully responded to me and said I was right. It's a, it's a reality that allocation money has an existential value. Like, it's just because it's a million dollars doesn't mean that that means he's worth a million dollar transfer fee. Right. It's the existential value to what you can do with allocation money says a million dollars is probably more like, depending on how you use it, it could be anything from like two and a half to three, four million. If you use it properly. Yeah, it, it could be it could be even more invaluable than that. Um, I, I think... I mean, you you look at the 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 salary the the salary cap for the salary cap for MLS or the is is just over five million, or actually it's just over sorry just over four million. And you have teams like Toronto who are spending upwards of twenty six million. I think they're they're the tops by far, but they can't spend that kind of money without the allocation money. Right. Obviously, a large part of that is their de- three designated players that don't count against that hit. Well. It does count against the hit. It counts as just over five hundred thousand yeah. dollars against that four million cap. So yeah, the bottom line is you that allocation money can give you so much maneuvering room to play with your salary cap, and right. so it could be it could be extremely valuable. Yeah, you know, so it it really ends up going back to we're not going to be able to grade this transaction for a couple of years. I mean, unless of course. Uh, tomorrow we find out because there is that rumor that uh, we're in the market for a out of contract 
international midfielder who can be signed at any time because he's out of contract. No. So, oh, he's out. I was going to bring up the fact that now because the transfer window had closed, um, they they can announce an tr- upcoming transfer, assuming the paperwork's been filed, but they he cannot be put on the roster until they get their transfer certificate, which can only happen in the windows. But now are you saying because he's not with a club? Right. Okay. So, for instance, the, the name that's been flying around on Twitter, which I would actually agree with, is Jack Rodwell. He's from Everton. Um, he's been, or well, started with Everton, I should say. Uh, he's been on a contract now since the end of the season, last season. And uh, so he's just sitting around. Uh, because he's out of contract, he doesn't fall under the the transfer rules. Okay. So, yeah, he, he can be signed and start tomorrow. Okay. Well, that, um, Yeah. But now he has to be signed, well, any player has to be signed uh, I saw the date. I want to say it's like September 10th or something Before like that. Before the, the final rosters are set yeah. going into the end of the season leading into yes. the MLS Cup. Yep. Yeah, it's the roster freeze date. Yeah. So as long as they sign someone by then, if they're out of contract, then they circumvent all those transfer window rules. And they can, as long as it's before that date, then they're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, now that we're talking about it here on the pod, I, I, I think that is a, just the source of the outrage now. I mean, uh, just because as far as I was concerned, when on, when I first read it, it sounds like they're trading him for maybe a million dollars, which is that, that, that would sting tremendously yeah. because, well, that's, you're not getting the value in return, but so as soon as this happened, I had to actually go online and I downloaded the MLS roster rules and regulations 2018, and it's a 24-page basically booklet that goes through all the the rules and regulations. Specifically, I was interested in that allocation money and for what you the points that you had brought up with what you can do with it. It's not cash, right? You know, in that sense of the word. So, yeah. and, you know, and in, and the the fact that we, you know we just paid 50 grand to Colorado. Uh, for an international spot, it's a really good example of how it's more valuable than fifty thousand dollars, right? You know, because we now had room for our DP to come onto the roster, yeah. and you know, if for instance we're looking at this other international midfielder, then clearly we're going to be looking for someone else's international spot. Yeah, and so again, it's more valuable. I mean, if that player. Ends up being, you know, if they sign this player, whoever it is, and they end up being an impactful player, then that fifty grand or seventy-five grand that we ended up paying for an international spot is worth way more than yeah. that amount. And that's why somebody, you know, because the other major sports don't work that way. And that's why when I on page two of that rules and regulations book that I downloaded, when I saw that the salary cap. You know, the total salary budget of the team was only $4 million. It just made me scratch my head because I was like, well, how is that even possible? It doesn't make sense. Right. Off When you just read that, until you read into the details of how this money works, you can start to understand it. Because then, you know, with, with the, you know, the fan, with the, the ticket sales, merchandise sales, and everything else, like, you know, all the income streams for these, these uh, franchises, you know, a lot of the owners have no problem spending in the... Um, well, I, I saw it, 20s of millions, tens of millions. The, the, the loons going into this year were at about $8 million. Is that really total, total salary 
so the owners don't have problems spending more money, but because they're limited with that base salary, right. they have to get creative in how they pay for these players and, and use their allocation money. So it's actually kind of interesting. You, you, it's, it's, it's not simple, but yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I agree it is. So, you know, here we are. The transfer window closed last night. And they haven't, at least at this point, um, for this transfer window, spent any of that money. Which I know I saw a few people were pretty upset about that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, I, I have a feeling that we're going to have a tense relationship with our front office. I for agree, the next and few I, months. and I'm, yeah, because my first reaction um, to that was, well, the transfer window closes in two and a half days. How are they going to, you know, what are they going to get done? Right. They better get something done to make this worthwhile. But fortunately, it doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know, and Adrian uh, mentioned on, I think it was yesterday morning, that uh, you know they he's like, well, we're not going to sign someone, just sign someone. So, you know. Whatever that means, you know, and uh, on the on the season ticket holder call, and I think uh, Manny even mentioned it. it. Might have been even on the AM fifteen hundred interview that he had on Tuesday. That you know they're they're looking for a number six, and they just haven't found anyone that fits what they're looking for. And it, you know, a few people didn't really care about their response too much. But now that Christian's gone and we have this money coming in, people are getting a little bit more interested in, well, what in the world does what we're looking for mean? You know, what exactly are you looking for? Yeah. You know, and I've joked to a few people that it's like they're looking for um, Conte from Chelsea as as the guy that's just going to drop into their lap and they're going to have this, you know, best number six in the world and, you know, they're going to have the money to pay for it. And, it, you know, we feel, I think a lot of people are starting to feel like they're, they don't really have a definition for what they want, or that definition is so lofty that they're not finding the player, that that's creating some frustration too, you know? And the nice thing is, is there are a lot of people, on, uh, I noticed on Tuesday, that thought some of this money expired Last night, initially, so did I. Okay. I did, and that and that's one of the reasons I downloaded the, the okay. booklet is just to understand because I I thought exactly that. All right, and I was like, well, and I just I thought the word I thought, oh man, well, gosh, well they'll probably let that money expire, and then they're only going to end up with you know four hundred thousand from okay, them. So, so it was a very frustrating. So, so maybe maybe <laughs> some other people out there did what I did, and maybe that's why the Twitterverse kind of settled down a little maybe, bit. Yeah. So. I, I know, I mean, I had read some of the rules before, so I knew that it didn't expire right away. But uh, it was, <laughs> I thought it was like a super irrational thought. But now that you said that, you even thought that, I was like, okay, yep. well, maybe that's not so bad. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can call me irrational, that's fine. <laughs> but that's that's what that was my first impression. I mean, and then maybe I was saying, oh, they must have something in the works, and then I, you know, I I did my research before the window closed, so yeah. I got I got got on board. So, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. We probably talked about. Yeah, you know, I, we probably have, have not not much, but I thought I figured maybe before um, b- 
before we wrap it up, I thought we'd let's bring it back to Christian Ramirez just a little bit more on a you know kind of a personal personal note, or at least specifically talking about him. And I just I he he left a really nice Instagram post. I don't know if you had a chance yeah. to read it, but I just I'm not going to read the whole thing. Check definitely check that out if you haven't already. But um, just one thing he mentioned in that was you know he did mention specifically you know. I'll quote him. I had I had dreams of never leaving. I never thought this day would come. It doesn't seem real, and so that that's pretty raw, you know, yeah. that comment. And that was you know that happened right. And then the fans see that. I think the next day they you saw pictures of him at the airport with yeah. his luggage, and it, it was it was definitely tough. But let me let me ask you this, and we might we might agree here. What's your uh, what? And because I saw this thread on Twitter as well. What's your favorite Christian Ramirez moment? You know, I responded to this thread. Um, I said that it was his brace against Salt Lake City uh, last, last year. year. Yeah, um, when he chased down that ball and forced Ramondo to completely blow his composure, and he, you know, had a free open goal. Yeah, you know. But then I also said that, you know, I I was in Colorado for. 2014 and 2015. So I spent a lot of time streaming really bad streams of games, uh, watching us. And so, I mean, all of that stuff, you know, it was just, um, you know, I had a lot of fun watching him play. And, uh, you know, even if it was sitting on my couch and, you know, 1,200 miles away trying to, you know, watch a grainy grainy video stream you know i i couldn't really nail it down i i picked that salt lake one um and i felt kind of kind of bad picking an mls one because you know he he kind of made his mark in the nasl yeah uh but you know i think he he was a fun player watching you know he was always uh always smiling he like i said earlier he always interacted with the fans you know, he was always there to sign autographs. Um, even in, once MLS came, he, he was one of the last guys, I said this earlier, to leave the pitch, and he would sign sign stuff for people. And, yeah, you know, I think it, it's hard to pin down a favorite. I think he was – I don't know if he was my favorite player. Honestly, I don't, between him and Miguel, it's very difficult to – to pick a favorite between the two. It is tough. And it, and that's part of the that's part of the heartbreak that us as fans are having is is you're they're we feel like they're breaking up that friend, you know, cuz they're right. best friends and yeah. so they're breaking them up off to separate teams and it's tough and yeah, the his, his the video that he re- recorded, I believe it must have been two it must have been Tuesday or Wednesday before he went to the airport and he specifically like you had brought up, he specifically mentioned how much he hoped he imp- put an impression on the younger generation right. the kids the kids that would come out because you could I think John's seen this firsthand you know he'd spend that extra time and sign the autographs for kids and spend time I mean it's it's tough but what uh, was your favorite I, I'm gonna have to go with you know I still I still like I I it's hard to pick a true moment just because you know going back to the NSA NASL days in 2000 uh, uh, 15 and 14 well 14 15 and 16 you know he was the reason I went to those a lot of those games early on um I was always you know a fan of of the team going back to the you know the stars and and that kind of 
not years ago, but uh, you know, he was he was the name. He was the face of the right. franchise, and so every, anything he did was special in my mind. I I think I probably will have to agree with you on one of your moments that you mentioned the 2017 RSL game. Yeah, uh, just because that was um, the first win. Yeah. At the bank, I, I I was there for that one. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to pick a moment I was I saw in person. I didn't get to see you know I wasn't in person for the Cosmos game. Oh sure. Uh, and and some of the some of the other moments that I had saw people had mentioned I wasn't there in person, but I was there for that real Salt Lake game. So I guess if I had to pick one, that would be mine, just because okay. I was there. So. Yeah, you know another thing that um, I should add. Did you see? So, and I, I won't get into this. Uh, at all really in detail but so on Tuesday the the team barred players from from talking to the media I did see that Um, and then finally they allowed players um, and I won't get into that part uh, you know enough ragging on the organization but um, Miguel posted on Twitter I think it was um, about he apologized to the media. He said, I, I, I can't, I didn't want to address the media. I'm just having a hard time processing this whole thing. So, yeah, he, was was he maybe the reason that the team came out and said, no, we aren't going to let pe- it players could be. talk to them? Because he I said mean, he didn't want to because he was having a hard time, yeah. is what you're saying. You know, and it, it, it's interesting to, to understand, try and understand that, you know, they're professional athletes, but, you know, they're still, they're still people, they're still building these relationships with uh, their teammates. And obviously, uh, Miguel is uh, Christian's uh, daughter's godfather. Um, they're obviously super close, uh, you know, Batman, Superman. And, you know, to kind of see that, you know, you, you mentioned how uh, Christian's farewell was very raw. Well, you know, that's, I think Miguel's response is, is just the same. I mean, it's, oh, it is, it's yeah. to the point where, he didn't even want to address the media at all. I mean, he could have at least talked about practice or something, but he was like, no, I can't even do this because, you know, you know, this has happened. And so I think, I think it's interesting. It's, it's nice to, nice to see, you know, the human side of, of our organization, well, our squad. Um, And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I get that people are, a little bit irrational over this because it's it's one of those things where he's Christian Ramirez. Yep. You know, uh, I, I I look at it the same way. Uh, you know, I've been a Chelsea supporter longer than I've even followed MLS. Um, but when Didier Drogba left Chelsea and Frank Lampard left Chelsea, I mean, Lampard was the first person I had a jersey of. And so, you know, he was my favorite player from the moment he joined Chelsea. And so, you know, over a decade later, he leaves. You know, I, I get that. You know, I remember back when I was little and Paul Molitor left Milwaukee for Toronto. That was, like, gut-wrenching uh, because I loved Molitor from, you know, the moment I knew what baseball was. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to get that sense from professional soccer. You know, one, you know, how many of us even thought we'd have professional soccer in Minnesota? Right. And now here we are. Well, okay, take that back because NSL is technically professional. Um, you know, MLS. Yeah. 
soccer in Minnesota. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and like back in 2016, you know, when we found out that Minnesota would have an MLS franchise, I, I personally, and maybe people had strong opinions one way or the other, I, I personally didn't know if Ramirez or Ibarra would even be on the team. Right. Yeah. On the major league soccer team, I, I didn't know. I, I was I, I in my mind, I was like, well, they'll keep a few players, and those will be a couple of them. But I didn't yeah. know because it's a new, it's a new, it's a new organization. It's a new yeah. league, so you just didn't know. Yeah, you know, and you know, we've got that opportunity now, and now we've got that opportunity to have those same feelings about players that we do in other sports. It, it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, um, and you know, sad, but. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be even worse when, you know, Miguel ends up leaving. It is, yeah. And, and that's why, you know, hopefully as the excitement and support for this team grows and grows, which I still believe it will, rega- you know, regardless of their current troubles, um, you know, we'll, we'll find new players to, to latch on to like this right. and call our own. Like Darwin Quintero, for example, he's become incredibly popular. Yes, he hasn't, he doesn't, he hasn't built his base yet. He doesn't have a huge, like, statewide following yet but you know he has over 500,000 followers on I think Instagram yeah I, I don't have Instagram but I heard heard I, that he's, in, like that, he's yeah. an incredibly popular player and so there's a reason he has that much following so you know maybe we can put our hooks into somebody else and right. and that's what you have to do really in all of sports so but yeah. it is it was you know you see you know you see that athletes are indeed human and you know it's it's a tough it's always going to be tough Especially when you've been in one place for as long as Ramirez had, and it's it's like changing jobs, but worse in the sense that, you know, you don't necessarily have control. Like it would be like my company saying, "No, you're going to go work for our competitor in California, <laughs> and you have to go." Where at least if I change jobs, it's either my choice or I did something to get fired or it's whatever it terms. is. So it's so you could argue that it's a trade's a little harder on a player, so you can understand the emotions. So, yeah, one yeah. And that's the my one last quip about it would be, you know, I have friends that aren't huge Loon supporters yet. I'm hoping, you know, maybe our podcast will change that. But uh, you know, they they when they know talk about the Loons, you know, maybe they might know the coach, but they know two players, right? Ramirez and Abara. And so to let one of those go, you know, I hopefully it doesn't shake those, yeah, you know, fans that are trying to come on board. And then this happens. It's, yeah, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty risky. Risky decision on the, the part of the organization, but you know the clock started. Uh, clock started on Monday at what eight p.m. for them to uh, show that they know what they're doing. Yeah, and and that's true. And yeah, one yeah, and he the other thing is, fortunately, he is going to uh, LAFC. A move that we talked about earlier may not have even happened without an injury, but he is going back to he is going to LAFC, and I say go back because I meant to say he's going back to Southern California, right. his home. So he has obviously a lot of family there, and so that will at least make the transition easier for him, I'm sure. Yeah, and it, did you get to see the videos of him at the airport? I in did. LA? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, and I mean it was incredible. You know, he's incredibly happy. You know, his wife was there, and she looked ecstatic that he's yeah there that they're there and his family seems really excited and i mean that's that's cool you know if if it's our loss sure but you know it i think it's going to work out for him and that's that's really all that matters you know it's as soccer it's a business and you know i think a lot of these players um get exploited to a point yeah and um you know this trade works out for him 
that's that's what that's what matters you know right. ultimately i mean it's just a game yep. so well, same can be said for any sport so yep. yeah as as it what you know it was a painful moment but but you just have to move on and hope for the best i think at this point yep. so i agree yeah on that, I mean, unless you have anything else to add, I think we're almost done them. here. Okay, so yeah, I think we'll we'll call we'll call uh, episode eleven point two um, finished. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we will be back with episode twelve on. I guess it'll be the nineteenth. Yeah. Is when we'll record it, so I'm not yeah. sure when it'll come out. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, until next time. See ya.